This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Stock up with Bud Light for game days and check out Budweiser's limited edition Discovery Reserve. Please drink responsibly. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Now, I know you're a big fan of the Masters. You know I'm a big fan of the Masters. And when kind of things slow down and raise, I know we still got Razorback baseball and all that, but when things kind of settle and slow down, it's always nice to ease right into after the national championship into Masters weekend. And man, I have I've looked forward to this weekend for a very long time. It's going to be great. It, it's some of the best television of the year. Um, all you pray for is that the back nine on Sunday is dramatic, and it generally is, that no one has run away with the tournament like Tiger has in you know 15 or 20 years ago where <laughs> there's no drama. And generally it's you know for 30 or 45 minutes of the year, and I got roasted for making this statement but a, a few years ago on this show, but, you know, oftentimes for 30 or 45 minutes on a Sunday afternoon, it's as good a sports TV as you're going to get in the calendar year. I mean, because they're going from shot to shot, hole to hole, with the, with, I'm talking television shot. Mm-hmm. They're cutting here, cutting there, going to, this, going to this player, going to that player, and it just keeps you so engaged. And the good thing about the Masters is they have very, as they tell you up front, limited commercial interruptions so it's not like the nfl it's not like any other sporting event you watch that you know commercial break after commercial break after disruption after disruption after disruption they limit they really do limit that so it's it's really a neat neat deal and uh i i really appreciate that and i I do think it's some of the best drama filled sports tv you're going to find in a calendar year, I really do. No, I'm with you. I'm with you because there's just something that's alluring about it where even if you're not a big-time hardcore golf fan, if you're just a sports fan, a casual sports fan, there's just something about you know going to CBS and hearing Jim Nance's voice you know, mm-hmm. and, and Vern Lundquist and the music that comes along with it. I mean, just, just everything about it, it's just – it's hard to explain. It's just like a comforting, relaxing, like great feeling just when you have all those things going on along with it. And of course, it's always a lot more fun too when uh, some of your favorite golfers are involved. Which we're hoping, we're hoping Tiger can be in contention this year. Is that is that at least all we can ask? Is just him being contention? You don't have to win it. Oh, that would, that would be great. We just want him in contention, right? Yeah, I mean, asking someone to win. I think he's. Uh, I was looking at one of the boards out here. This is my last show from Vegas, and I was looking at the board, and I think he was ten to one last night when I was uh, looking at some of those type of things just to see who. Who the board like? You know, who, who Vegas like odds wise? I think he was ten to one as of uh, as of last night. Taking that? So are you taking that? Uh, you know, I, the, the, I think the field was ten to one as well. Um, so I mean, never you know, you could, generally. I mean, and I was looking at some stuff on the listening to the Golf Channel last night, and it's kind of gravitated some of my attention. Odds are, you know, the odds are greatly against someone his age winning it. There's only been like five. Five champions ever over the age of forty-one. Hmm. So, I mean, but I, you know, you couldn't say he's excluded from the possibility of winning. I'm just saying the odds are against him, and that's one of the reasons. That's not an astronomical odds at ten to one. I'm just saying history is not on his side. 
No, put it that way. No, I, I'm with you on that one, and that's what makes it so great too. Is that uh, now that at least Tiger, because there was a period of time where he didn't even get to play in the Masters or didn't get to play in any in these particular majors, which takes so much interest out of it for for everybody. And it's 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 awesome to not only have Tiger into it, but you know you're thinking about just if he ended up winning, say just say if he won the majors or say if he won the Masters in this major. It would just, you talk about one of the great sports stories of all time. Like, how did we get to the point where Tiger Woods is an underdog? You know, who, you, did you ever think in a million years that well, you'd never see Tiger Woods as an underdog at any point? And ten, 10 to 1 in a golf tournament is not like a huge underdog. I think Rory Correct. is 7 to 1. I mean, uh, like Louis Oosthuizen is 50 to 1. Now, that's an underdog. You know, there's a guy, Charles Swartzel, a guy who is a past champion, 50 to 1. I mean, it, you know, there's some guys on the board 100 or more to 1. Those are underdogs. Ten to one's not a underdog, but I I see what you say. It's not a favorite either. There used to be a day where Tiger wasn't ten to one; he was one to five. You know? yeah. so it was Tiger or the field. The board was real short. You took Tiger or the field, and uh, so it, th- those days are long gone. I get I get what you're saying there, um, but you know Tiger's certainly going to be someone that that draws a lot of interest. And listen, um, it's appointment TV, particularly if he's in the final pairing or two on Sunday. There's no question. Um, how do you, how do you not make uh, whatever plans you have on Sunday? You're going to have to get pushed to the side uh, from about two o'clock on on Sunday because I'm watching the Masters. I know I've been gone all week, honey, Laura. I don't know what you got planned Sunday, but we better get done Saturday, particularly early because I kind of want to watch Saturday too. And uh, so, I mean, that's just kind of how you're going to have to set the weekend up. I, mean, I know it's just one of those important weekends. I know. And, you know, and that's the thing is you get it over with in a week, and so you can almost tell the significant others, though, if you need to, just be like, okay, honey, on this weekend, you give them it a far in advance, be like, on this weekend, you know, we don't have any plans. We're, we're not going to, we're going to cancel anything that we have going on. We're, we're going to make sure that we have plenty of food and, and beer at the house, that way we don't have to go out and get it, and I'm going to park myself in front of the television and watch the Masters. I mean, it's just, yeah. that's the attitude that people need to have when it comes to this thing. But like you mentioned with the limited commercial interruption like, that's actually a really great point of why people also enjoy it. Because like you said, it's almost like having the red zone, like the NFL thing, but for golf, where it's like, okay, this yeah. plays over. All right, next one. Now, you don't even have any cutoffs or anything like that. It's just perfectly transitioned. It's an easy watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they just make it easy. My mom likes to watch the Masters. And, she, you know, she's a very, very casual fan of golf. But the Masters, you know, just resonates with everybody. It's it's so traditional. I mean, everybody knows Augusta National, and it's it's for years been super elusive, super uh, exclusive. You couldn't get a ticket. You know, and and don't get me wrong, it's still very difficult to get a Thursday through Sunday ticket if you want to go see a competitive round at Augusta. Practice rounds are easier than they were when I was a kid. You couldn't even get a practice round ticket. There was no lottery. There was no way to do that. You had to know somebody, and that was just un- unheard of. The, the, the television coverage 25 years ago, 20 years ago, they didn't show the holes on the front nine. Hmm. You had no idea what number five looked like. Um, so, uh, you know, a, a lot of things have changed and become more accessible. Part of that's been ushered in by the digital age and everything online. Some of that's just been a generational change in the leadership at the club at Augusta National. I mean, for Pete's sake, they they had a women's uh, the inaugural women's tournament there this year. Uh, it'd be hmm. interesting to see what Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts think about that, uh, <laughs> if you could ask them. But um, you know, so so things have changed. More people have gotten to go and see a practice round. At least I've been to a couple of practice rounds 
at Augusta. Very, very fortunate to do that. Um, so people have gotten to see the course. But it's the one major that is played at the same course every year. U.S. Open, Open Championship, PGA, they all rotate and go to different venues. This is the one place. And then on top of that, it's just the beauty, the dogwoods, the azaleas. Uh, you know, that ryegrass that is just perfectly green. And, and I'm telling you, that place is just manicured to a level. I mean, it's just it's one of those rare places on earth where it shows you what is possible when money's no object. And money's no object there. They can spend anything they want. And they prepare that golf course for one week a year. I mean, that's that's the other thing people forget. They, they spend all their money to get that thing ready for about 10 days a year. And it's perfect. And, uh, and it shows. Yeah. It just makes me think that if I ever had it, because I listen, I'm not ever going to get an opportunity to play at, at Augusta National. It's just not going no. to happen. And I mean, you mentioned how exclusive it is, but I just feel like if I ever actually did get that opportunity one day, I don't think I'd ever play golf again afterwards because it's always just going to be a disappointment. And even though I would probably have no business being That's on that golf point. course, but it's just, yeah, it's like, you know, does it get better than that? It, it, it can't. So it's you know it's like and even though there's some well, nice places I'm I'm obviously being a little exaggeration I'm not I'd still play golf but it'd be uh, it'd be hard pressed to impress me after that. You know the Arkansas tie for years of course was Frank Broyles was yes. yeah you know a long long time member there uh, prominent member at Augusta National and, uh, and you know as a result of that there's there's several people in, in Arkansas that had the the opportunity to go play there uh, to go see the Masters there as a result of relationships with with Coach Broyles. And uh, there are other uh, other people from our state, uh, particularly in the central Arkansas area, that are members. Uh, of course, Jack Stevens, the late Jack Stevens, uh, another prominent member at Augusta National, uh, and Stevens family, and 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 his son yep. still well represented there, and um, the, the Ford family. So I mean, Arkansas has some, some certainly some representation at Augusta <laughs> National and in that golf club, and uh, um, you know it's just. It's one of those rare places on earth that, uh, you know, just when money's no object, here is what's possible. Follow the show on Twitter at HitThatLineAR. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Now he does a tightrope act. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're at number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! We were discussing the spring game because there's a lot of SEC spring games coming up this week, and obviously Arkansas had theirs this past weekend, and the crowd wasn't exactly popping. And I think, of course, going 2-10, and 10, the previous season has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. But it just makes you think, though, that when you see these other spring games, and you mentioned, you mentioned Kansas and like having Rick Ross, which is a rapper, and that gets people excited about it, it just makes you wonder if they had like a concert, like what would be the concert that would pull in the most people what would get everybody involved what would get students there get older people there what something that's obviously realistic because i think of course if you got somebody like justin timberlake yeah that would probably have a lot of a big crowd but let's be realistic here and think about actual concerts or actual events that would be able to add to the spring game to get a lot more people in the seats yeah i mean what what genre what uh because when you say get students and regular season ticket holders slash fans there now that now now you're now you're getting more challenging you know we've talked about what do you do to spice up and liven up spring games i think it's tough across the country you say well but alabama gets fit well that's alabama you know nebraska used to get a bunch of people i think these spring games are just more and more challenging they're all on tv now 
And there's there's just other things to do. I mean, other than show up at a football. And here's the thing. The practice itself has become less entertaining, right? That's right. We're not hitting the quarterback. We're having less contact. We don't want energy. And I get all that. But the game itself has become less entertaining. So if we're not going to fix that, then we've got to do something gimmicky. And I, and I hate to call a concert gimmicky, but that's, yeah. we're at a football practice, so now we're going to have a concert. That seems a little gimmicky. Yeah. We already got a festival going on outside to start the day. So I'm with you. They, they ought to bring somebody in. Now, LSU went the route. Now, obviously, I don't know who this Rick Ross. That's right, is. Rick Ross. But obviously, <laughs> that, that appeals to the students, right? That's right. I don't think that's going to appeal to uh, someone that is in their 40s or 50s. Someone like you know? Tommy Kraft is what that, you're saying. Yeah, because I thought he's a wrestler. <laughs> I, yeah, so whatever. Close enough. Close, Close enough. enough. Yeah. Well, so, uh, our buddy, I think that would be a challenge to try to get 18 to 22-year-olds and get fuddy-duddies like me out to, to see the same act. There's very few people that would be affordable. <laughs> Be realistic. That would be on that list. Yeah, our buddy uh, Grant Cook, former Razorback football player, just texted me and said Justin Moore, and Justin Moore would absolutely do it. And I think Justin mm-hmm. Moore is kind of the uh, the native son of Arkansas, where you yeah. know, they they relate because he's a big Razorback fan. So, and I think that right. that even something but, like that would bring in a lot of people. But I'm gonna tell you this: last weekend, I, I mean, maybe he could have done it. But I'm gonna tell you, he was in Vegas because the ACM awards were here. That's true too. So I know he was. In, I know because I talked to somebody that spent some time with him out here. On Saturday night, he was in Las Vegas. Now, maybe he'd have changed the schedule to have a chance to do that. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. You know, the thing you do have is you've got a corporate community up there that would probably love to sponsor something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, it used to be this way, I assume. I don't know the industry uh, numbers, but there's a reason Walmart's always able to get headliners to come to their shareholders meeting at Bud Walton Arena. I mean, it's a who's who, right? That's right. The Carrie Underwoods, the Justin Timberlakes. I mean, you can keep going down the list of the best of the best have performed and perform every year um, at the Walmart shareholders meeting. Why is that? It's not just because they have a lot of money. They also have, in the past, and I know technology has changed a lot of things, sold a lot of records. They have a lot of influence. You know, I don't know if that's still the case because now you don't buy CDs and you don't buy records. Although some of that's changing. People are going back to vinyl. Vinyl's become cool again. Um, you got to buy that stuff, but Amazon's changed a lot of stuff. You know, Walmart's had a lot of influence in the music industry. They're right there in your backyard. Maybe that could be a someone you could work with. They obviously bring a lot of great talent into the amp. Man, that's a there's a great lineup that comes to the amp. Um, so you know, I don't know who the act would be. To me, I don't know how how big an appeal would a guy like a say a Chris Stapleton be to the younger generation. Huge. Huge. I, I think that would be. But, but again, you're not going to spend a million dollars to have a guy come sing spring game, you know. And just so, use that. I use mean, that million dollars. They're going to pay Chris Beard and just have it there. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Just do it that way. Yeah. You, so I, you know, how, how do you bring somebody in that's going to get a crowd there for a free concert? By the way, <laughs> you can't pay a whole bunch of money to for a guy to perform for free. You know, because what are you getting out of it? You know. Yeah. Next. In the enough. end, it's got. It's at the end, it's got to be a decent. I mean. Someone's going to have to underwrite this. I mean, the university can't just go spend fifty or a hundred grand. You're not going to get much of an act for a hundred grand, honestly. No, you're not going to get a big headliner for a hundred thousand dollars. No, but you can get a decent one. 
one that at least can can draw a crowd a little bit. But uh, I mean, yeah. But if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do something big, you got to be able to back it up with the big spending as well. Let's go to the phone lines. Mark is in Van Buren. What's going on, Mark? Hey guys, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, my my suggestion I was gonna say was gonna be Justin Moore. Um, another one that uh, I had thought of as well was somebody like Blake Shelton. You know, Blake Shelton's got a a winery or a, a something over there in Fort Smith. You know, he's known to come over here and just to visit it and then throw a free concert at the Riverfront Park. So, you know, wouldn't be much of a deal for him to maybe spot top. You know, say I'm popping into my uh, establishment over in Fort Smith and say, well, what the heck, you know? Yeah, I could do the free concert, you know, free concert or something like that at the same time. So that was my two suggestions, and I appreciate it. And I hang up. All right. Appreciate the phone call, Mark. I mean, listen, yeah, Justin Moore would be solid, but if they ever got Blake Shelton, I think that's uh, that that's a headline right there. Yeah, that's I, a headliner. That, that, that'd be a big one, though. But, you know, there, there's just things because you remember just a few years ago, too, Tommy, that in the spring game, the, the big thing was trying to get 50,000 people into the spring game. Now, I st- they said they did. I still don't think they did, just going off of my ISIS. But it didn't matter because even if you didn't have 50,000, you had 40, 45. Yeah, you talking about the, back when Houston Nut was there? No, I'm talking about when Brett Bielema back in oh, 20, Brett, yeah, yeah, 2015. Now, I think there was a legitimate year where Houston Nut had a 45, 50,000 person. I mean, it, that, that, there was like legitimately a huge crowd. Was that the Malzon Mustang year? Uh, and then also that same day, Oakland had the Arkansas Derby the same day, and they had over 70,000. So, and it was one of those days we had perfect weather. Um, you know, so again, I go back to, you know, you can talk about concerts and all this. You got to have great players, but the football needs to entertain, you know. There needs to be a reason for people to want to come out and see the football, and that's been part of the problem. You've got to have the players that, that are intriguing. You've got to have – and the fact that these are on TV keeps a lot of people away to come mm-hmm. see a practice, and then there's no contact, and then it's not ones-on-ones for a lot of it. You know, It's just ones against the world a lot of times. In years, it, it, The football has not been set up to draw a crowd either. So the product you put on the field has got to be, do something – Beyond just you know a concert, it's not going to fix all this. So no, but if, if the football's not there, though, that's the thing is if it, if you mm-hmm. can't just draw people in with the football or with the players or with anything like that, you got to get creative. You got so to be able to come to see football or come to see a concert. Then they're coming to see a concert, right? So you didn't get twenty five thousand or thirty or forty thousand there to see your football game. You got them there to see a concert. But you can say that they were there at your spring game. <laughs> Perception's always the key, my man, and yes. that's that's how they're so going to do it. What does that mean to you? I mean, does that mean you're going to get another recruit? I mean, okay, you do that. You spend this money. You go through this effort. What does it get you? What's the net game here? What 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 is the what what is the what is the end result? What are you after? Well, the hope is is that if you're having any type of official visits or recruiting, that they see it and they're like, "Holy crap! This this is awesome! This is cool! You got a, you got a concert coming on. There's a ton of people yeah. here." I mean, because I, I think people will come for the concert, of course, but they'll also come for football. Like they'll they'll come for the for both. It'll just be that the concert is priority number one. But I think that it, and you know this is going to probably sound uh, very millennial of me, but it makes you look cool, and being cool and looking cool resonates with youth and with guys that are recruits that are possibly looking at schools if you give the perception that you're the cool place to be you're the cool school to go to that's going to resonate with them and having concerts having a ton of people there having stuff that younger people enjoy is going to resonate with them 
So I know it may not have the same I impact I could, on. I wish I could disagree. I wish I could counter your point, but <laughs> I mean, Gilman, it's a good one. Uh, I know that's what I'm saying. It's like it just it's it's something that like I, I don't know. It's, I'm using concerts and stuff. But say like, hey, you're you're gonna do something with Fortnite. I mean that that would just resonate with people and resonate with young people. And it's, so it's just if you if you're able to get a, something, I, and I don't know if it's a concert. I don't know if it's some sort of other event that's going on that can. Uh, really have younger people interested and involved with it and, and showing up it's gonna make it look cool make it look like it's the place to be so it's all about perception more than anything so and that, and that's the whole point about it and i know that some of the older people do not care at, at all if a concert's there or whatnot because they just want to see you know how, how the quarterbacks look or anything like that and that's fine you'll get to see that but also the younger people also have a concert to go to as well i still think winning is the best promotion of course we'll put a lot of people in that Get your football program of back course. to winning eight, nine, ten ball games, and I think you'll be. Now, I'm not saying you'll have twenty-five to forty thousand a year, but you'll have fifteen to twenty-five thousand easily year in year out easily. Mm-hmm. And if the weather's good, and, and a lot of that's just weather-driven, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's just it just is. So, but you know, I, I know everybody wants the. I, I wish they wouldn't do it on live TV. I wish. Do a TV broadcast. If you want to get a crowd, I mean, make it available online later or something. I don't know. But, but that's just not the way it works. They've paid all this money. Yeah. And they, listen, that's when you pay when you get all this money from ESPN, they're going to want to get every dime they can in advertising. And uh, I think these universities want their games out there because they want the exposure and they want their brand out there. Uh, but, I, you know, would it bring you another five or 10,000 people? I don't know, but it probably is more beneficial in the net end to be on TV and expose your brand to hundreds of thousands of people one time than it is to get those extra ten or 15000 Subscribe to Hit That Line on iTunes. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Give is to Alex Collins straight up the middle, and Collins on the run. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Touchdown, Arkansas. 80 yards. Let's go to the phone lines. We are now joined by Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat. He's at Talk A Little Recruiting. Good morning, Richard. How's it going, man? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime, man. What's a start? Are you are you a Masters guy? Tom came on just a little bit ago, and he and he's had his it just says how much he enjoys the Masters. Are you a Masters guy as well? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I was very fortunate to to, to attend one year, the first two rounds. It was, actually it was uh, Tigers last year as, as an amateur. And uh, was able to watch him before he turned pro. But uh, yeah, that's the greenest place on earth. It is. Uh, if, if anybody ever has an opportunity to go, it's a it's a must uh, must attend event, no doubt about it. Yeah, and it just uh, it's always just a special weekend of TV. All right, uh, big news of the week. Obviously, Arkansas and uh, Coach Musselman announced uh, officially as uh, as the new basketball coach. First, your thoughts on on Arkansas's new day in the basketball program. And obviously uh, we want to hear uh, your thoughts as uh, you've talked to recruits and, and what their thoughts are on Arkansas's uh, new era of Razorback basketball. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, first first thing it's, uh, that you notice is his energy. I mean, he's uh, he's got a tremendous amount of energy. You know, you talk to people and uh, you, you hear, uh, you know, he eats, sleeps, and drinks uh basketball 
Uh, Obviously, his NBA uh, background is a big deal to uh, kids. And uh, in talking to kids, like you like you said, uh, that's that's one of the things. I mean, hey, that the vast majority of kids, uh, basketball, football, they want to go to the NBA, they want to go to the NFL, and one of the things, uh, you know, in both sports, kids say, hey, I want to, I want somebody can get me to the league. Well, I mean, I think with his uh, resume of uh, you know full of uh, NBA. Uh, experience. I mean, I think that that's that's a that's a great asset for recruiting going forward. There's no doubt about that. And and I think uh, you, you're going to have a lot of kids uh, just take a look, or at least take you know listen, you know, just because he can he can talk about his NBA experience, and then he can also talk about development league experience too. I mean, some kids, uh, you know, may may. You know, think, hey, I, I may not be an NBA guy, but maybe I can get in the development league and work my way up or something. You know, uh, so I think uh, he's got all kinds of connections and and in, in the professional uh, uh, basketball area. So uh, that's that's just going to be, uh, I think, an area that obviously he'll sell, and it is, uh, you know, impressed kids that I've talked to thus far. So with Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette right now on the Morning Rush. All right, Richard, one of the things that at least I'm starting to notice just by following you is that Eric Musselman seems that he's hit the ground running on the recruiting game, has put out some offers there. He's obviously got a few roster spots to fill. Uh, we we don't know exactly if any of these players that are currently on the roster are going to be transferring out. But just since he's arrived, what have you made from the recruiting situation that he finds himself in? And uh, how is the processes and the approach that he has towards recruiting going right now for Arkansas? Well, I mean, he's extended some offers in uh, out of state and in state. Uh, I mean, I think uh, what you like is that he's reached out to Moses Moody's uh, family and 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 assured him uh, that uh, that offer is still uh, is still good and uh, and and looks forward to getting to know him and uh, Jalen Williams. Uh, uh, Coach Musselman uh, talked to his dad yesterday and. Uh, and, and reassured him that the, that the offer was still there. So two in-state guys, or you know, or at least Moses you know, is from from Arkansas. He currently is in prep school in Florida right now. But uh, but uh, two guys, and I think you, you're going to see some communication with some other in-state guys too. Uh, fairly uh, fairly soon. I know there's been some phone tag uh, with uh, Chris Moore's brother, so I, I think you'll be hearing something there uh, fairly soon. Then he's extended uh, a couple of offers out of state: Kyrie uh, uh, Walker, uh, a guard, uh, two two junior guards, uh, Kyrie Walker and, and Alan T- Terry from Hillcrest uh, Prep in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Kyrie, he's a five-star prospect, uh, number 13 overall in the country, according to ESPN, in the 2020 class. But he's most likely going to reclassify for the 2019 class. Then talking to his coach, uh, there was a very good chance, uh, a very good possibility he makes an official visit to Arkansas. He was a favor in uh, Nevada and Memphis before uh, the coaching change. And so it only makes sense that he'll take a strong look at Arkansas. Uh, he, he's a game changer. And, and after talking to several people that uh, that uh, know about Kyrie's game, six six, uh, about two hundred pounds, very physical uh, guard uh, who can uh, can uh, can fill it up from uh, from all over the over, all over the floor. But uh, uh, he's a he's a guy going forward. I think most fans are paying attention to now. 
Now, Terry, he's, he's another interesting prospect. He's six seven, uh, point, a point guard, uh, seven foot uh, wingspan. He averaged eleven point two assists uh, this past season. And he's got the offers from California, Utah, and Arizona State, also. So obviously, those West Coast, West Coast connections are already paying off. Paying off, and and uh, Coach uh, Nick Weaver at, at Hillcrest Prep, uh, the coach of uh, both Walker and Terry. He's, he's had dealings with Coach Musselman over the years, and he sent the, uh, at least one guy to play for uh, Coach Musselman, and another kid committed to him, but uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't end up at Nevada. But uh, yeah, that's that's what you're seeing right now, as far as him, you know, basically hitting the ground running, uh, recruiting. Ought to be fun to watch over the next few weeks as the uh, the Eric Musselman era begins at Arkansas. All right, let's talk a little football uh, before we get out of here in this segment and. Uh, and our time with you is up. Uh, obviously, the spring game and the red-white game was last weekend. Arkansas had visitors on campus. I was interested, though, as I as I followed some of the news and, and just social media in the days to follow, and particularly in that 24-hour or so period afterwards, as some of the 2020 commitments started to roll in. Give us uh, in our audience an update on that. At, what is it now up to? I think four in the in the 2020 class. Yeah, yeah, you got four uh, Mason. Uh... Madgum uh, Mangum uh, from uh, Austin Westlake High School, a receiver, 5'11", 171, very athletic kid who uh, has a – he committed to Arkansas on Saturday. He got an offer from uh, Coach uh, Stepp uh, uh, March the 28th, and he visited Arkansas back in February, and that kind of got the wheels rolling for him to uh, to uh, commit. But uh, he's a guy that uh, really showed out well at the uh, – Opening uh, uh, Houston opening regional, we ran a four four five electronic time in the forty at a thirty five inch vertical. Uh, he's get this, he's long jump twenty three seven. So that, that tells you what kind of athleticism this kid has. He recently was offered by Illinois, and I think he's a guy that uh, probably would have blown up this spring for his offers. But uh, now, since he's committed to Arkansas, I'm not so sure that the other schools will start coming in. But, you know, I'm sure some schools will continue to recruit him, but uh, I'm not so sure uh, that the offers that I anticipate him getting are going to be coming as as strongly as I I think they would have. Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Great stuff as always, Richard. Appreciate you hopping on. Have a great weekend, man. We'll catch up with you Thursday, all right? All right, guys. Take care. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.